0: Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm Kimberly, and we're the founding team behind AfroVest. Welcome to the Africa's Game Changers podcast, where we dive deep into the enterprising minds that are reshaping the future of Africa. Welcome to part two of our conversation. So, obviously, capital constraints do exist in many African markets, including Nigeria. So, what advice could you give to an SME in Nigeria or somewhere else, maybe in in Africa, about how they can materially improve their chances of gaining access to foreign capital?
1: For me, you know, the first thing I would bang on about to any uh, SME, whether they're in Ghana, Cameroon, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, or anywhere, get your, if you're looking for foreign capital, try and get your corporate governance in place, you know, because corporate governance is very, very key. If, if an investor is looking or, or a bank, in, you know, you're trying to access foreign capital. Uh, from, a, from a foreign bank, and your books are totally messed up, you know, and they can't figure out how this money was taken out of the company account and who who's responsible for it, the board of directors, the senior management team, it looks like a total shambles, you know, it it's not going to attract an investor. So corporate governance is very, very important. That's one of the things I would say and then you need to uh, have a, a professional business plan. You need to get that done properly. You know, make sure it's done properly. I'm sure there are lots of people in places like Nigeria and on Cameroon who can do that, but it involves paying money. So if you, if you can't do it with your uh, own finance team, if you don't have a team, it's worth hiring uh, uh, the expertise to, to, to put proper business plan together you also need to have your you know account statements audited account statements get your your, yourself in a presentable and professional uh, state and um, you will be more attractive to foreign investors and uh, foreign capital when, when they see that
0: And obviously, we're having this conversation discussing the opportunities that exist and how to engage in those opportunities in West Africa. But I also think it would be amiss if we did not discuss how the measures related to restricting the spread of coronavirus are impacting a lot of African economies. There has been a flight of capital to safety historically low oil prices and suppressed demand. And this is having a big impact on the fiscal position of many oil-based economies like Nigeria and Angola. Considering this new business climate, what would you say are the new economic prospects of West Africa in the short, medium and long term?
1: This whole uh, coronavirus has really uh, impacted all of Africa and all of the world. You know, that there's no part of the world, you know, where, you know, the pinch it has not been felt. It, it's a tough time everywhere. I think, you know, what, what a lot of people have been saying is there was already within a lot of African countries a move, as I said, towards the fintech. Uh, space, you know, because this period, a lot of people have tried to get access to their banks and because of the, the, the situation, they, they realized, gosh, you know, if we were online and we had uh, the tech, you know, we could carry out our transactions normally. So I think already there was a move towards fintech, but I think you're going to see more of that, more money moving in that direction. And in terms of, you know, I would say e-commerce, again, I think some of the people who were hesitant about, um, let's say, using e-commerce, particularly for essentials, let's say, for food delivery of food, groceries, and certain things, may be thinking that it's good to have that option as well. I think it would be difficult for me to say exactly how this uh, pandemic is going to play out. My suspicion is it will be, the restrictions are going to be eased gradually. I pray it ends and, you know, people, you know, stop dying, etc. cetera. But I, I don't know how quickly things are going to go back, but I suspect there's going to be a move more towards online transactions. So, the ICT space, I think, you know, you're going to see more activity there. Uh, somebody was telling me, gosh, you know, the uh, the malls, a lot of the malls in Africa are going to suffer. I don't know if that is the case. I think, you know, we, we still are going to have malls in Africa. But I think maybe what you will see, uh, as somebody said, more of these what you call convenience malls, smaller malls for, for neighborhoods or areas there will be big malls, but maybe not so many because I think what people may want more are the convenience malls where they can go get food. People always need food, medicines. I don't think at a time like this where people are uh, are conscious of money that they're going to be so interested in spending money on expensive clothes and things like that. I think people are going to be more concerned with necessities, it doesn't mean that I'm saying there's no market in Africa for luxury items. I just think at the moment the priorities are probably going to be different in the in the medium term. I think we will see. Certainly, you know, I, I'm, my view on Africa is always bullish. You know, I think the consumer market, because it's young and becoming more and more able to purchase goods and services, you know, you're, you're going to see more and more retail outlets, whether catering to certain tastes. But I think this is, you know, what I keep saying that if you're doing anything in Africa, you need to have your nose on the ground to know what it is young people want, what it is people generally want. And you need to adapt to, to those demands but i I just feel you know with the population, the size of it the youth of it there's going to be a lot of activity certainly in the medium in the medium and to the long term so I think certainly if you're an investor you, you need to go in now because when you go in early it also as as you're doing business you're also learning because you're you're communicating with your audience your customers to to know what their tastes are, what they like, what they don't like, and you use that to uh, prepare for the medium to long term when the economies start to recover. And I think um, my sense also is there seem to be quite a lot of, uh, from what I've I've been reading, there have been quite a lot of uh, COVID funds to help the SMEs and and other businesses uh, to uh, survive this very difficult period, maybe with debt funding, bridge funding, to help them get through this difficult period. I've even heard some private equity players say, uh, this is a great period because any company surviving this period in Africa must be very resourceful and very good at what they're doing, and they would, you know, back them even more. So if you're a PE fund or maybe a venture capital fund, you don't want your portfolio companies to fail. So, I think you're more likely to give them any support that they can unfortunately, not every company will succeed through this period, but some will do very well and come out even stronger you know so I think it's it's a very interesting period as well across most uh spaces obviously I, I don't want to be negative, but some sectors are not going to thrive. At a time like this. And I, I think it's pretty obvious which ones they are. Um, but, you know, as I've said, if you have a long term orientation, you know, maybe get in early now because sometimes when things are difficult, people are like staying away. But you may want to look and see how you can get in and, you know, maybe negotiate with some of these sectors that are struggling at this period. So when things do pick up, you can, uh, ride with them, and grow with them. One of the things I would just add, which I haven't mentioned, which I think is very important, is I think what Africa needs is not just money. You know, we've been talking about investment, but we also need to respect people in Africa, okay, whether the Nigerian management team or Ghanaian management team or or Cameroonian. So, you don't feel that if you're a foreign investor or, or other investor coming with money to Africa, you're doing them a favor. No, it should be a collaboration because as a foreign investor, you're bringing certain skills, maybe corporate governance and other skills. But Always remember the African management team or company you're investing in, they, they have a lot of local know-how, a lot of local local skills, a local mindset, which is absolutely invaluable. So you've got to respect the local management team and who you're dealing with in that context. And it's, it's a collaboration. And that is why I say you need a long-term mindset. If you go in there thinking, oh, you know, you're coming here just to make quick that, that that's not what Africa needs, you know? We, we need people who have that long-term mindset And see the Africans as people who can show them and add a lot of value and you combine both and you grow together.
0: That's a very important point, um, ensuring that the African management team is respected throughout the entire process because they do have a lot of value to add the business. All right. And also, uh, one of my final questions, actually, for today's conversation is just about leadership, which is actually something we referenced earlier. Uh, What would you say is one of the biggest lessons African governments and leaders can learn, whether from an economic or a health perspective from this pandemic, about building more resilient economies?
1: There are a number of different things. One is diversification okay i know you know a lot has been said about places like nigeria diversifying from oil and gas into agriculture and other sectors the services sector the tech sectors is really you know attracted a lot of investment in nigeria but you know you, you know it just shows the importance of having a very very diversified Economy that does not rely on one particular uh, uh, sector or resource. You you can argue that <laughs> even if you have a diversified economy, what has happened, you know, w- would affect pretty much everything because you know every every business, as it were, is at a standstill. But why I'm saying is uh, we need a diversified economy is you know obviously the more diversified economy, the less External shocks, okay, would impact whether collapse in a particular commodity price is going to impact that particular country or economy because they they are much more diversified. I would also say the second thing is the importance of the healthcare system. You know, because I think you know we need to invest in our healthcare system. Fortunately uh the, 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 the cases in Africa seem to be limited of this coronavirus. But our healthcare system needs a lot of investment, uh, whether it's private or you're doing public private partnerships. We, we we need to and, and I suppose this is part of the diversification I'm speaking about. We cannot take any any particular sector for granted.
0: Before the final question, obviously, we're about to wind down the conversation. um, And honestly, every insight that you've shared with us has been incredibly useful, helping us understand um, not only the Nigerian market, not only West African markets, but I think even from a broader view, it has been incredibly insightful and useful for those Of us who would like to know more about you or who would like to connect with you on social media or with West Africa Advisory, which is your consultancy firm, where can we get in touch with you?
1: My contact details are on the website, my website, which, you know, West Africa Advisory DMCC. If you Google that, it takes you straight to my website. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also on LinkedIn. So either of those ways, just feel free to uh, get in touch at any any time. It has my, you know, you can connect on LinkedIn or just call me or email me, whichever way It my, my information is there.
0: Okay, perfect, perfect. And lastly, we always like to end each episode of this podcast by asking this one question. By definition, a game changer is an event, idea, or procedure that affects a significant shift in the current way of doing or thinking about something. So, given this definition, what is one game-changing idea that you have about the future of Africa?
1: One thing I would beg our African leading businessmen to do, and I think it would be an enormous game changer, is uh, I mean, there's there's a book I just read which was so inspiring. It's called um, From Philanthropy to Justice. A uh, very interesting book. And I think, you know, we, we need to start thinking about wealth differently. Uh, wealth shouldn't be a case whereby we have 100 million, 200 million in the bank. That's it. But wealth should be a way whereby we are also trying to see how we can teach people how to fish. Why I say this is so important is it scares me, okay, to see the size of the population in Africa, how it's growing. If we have all these young people coming into the work, the, the workforce without jobs, I mean, it's just going to explode if we're not careful. So I think a lot of the wealthy people who made money and built wealth should see themselves as responsible custodians and i think it would be an enormous game changer because they'll be training people creating jobs developing industries and even investing we talk about getting foreign investors but i A wealthy businessman would even be investing in venture capital funds locally. So that will be a wealth multiplier locally. And I think that would be a real game
0: changer. Thank you once again, Paul, for this insightful conversation. I'm pretty sure everyone listening has uh, gleaned and learned a lot. And I'm really, really grateful for your time. Thank you for joining us.
1: It was my pleasure, Kimberly. All the best. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at AfroFest. And let's continue the conversation. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite Punkus platforms.